Hello, my name is Sarah Rosa Davies, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. This time, we're talking about reporting on beloved community member and owner of Cottage Market, Ruth Yee, and what it's like for reporters when a story goes viral. I'm here with two Emerald staffers who worked on one of the Emerald's most viewed stories in years. I'm Artishir Tabrizian. I'm a reporter for the News Desk for the Emerald, and I'm at Artie Tabrizian on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Sarah Northrup. I'm the photo editor of the Emerald, and you can hit me at Sarah Takes Picks on Instagram and Twitter. So to start things off, I just want to kind of talk about how the idea for this story came up. I don't actually know it, so I'd like to hear. So Artie, how did you come up with the idea to write about Ruth Yee? Uh, For those not in the know, also, who is she? So Ruth Yee owns Cottage Market on Hilliard Street in Eugene, and she's just like a campus hero, basically. And I figured that out right when I got here. Freshman year, people were talking about Ruth. And, uh, I mean, there's a million convenience stores around here, and, I mean, nobody gets the recognition that she does. And it became apparent to me pretty quickly that it was because of her personality and the way she interacts with people. And it took actually going there to see it. And so the first real story I ever actually wrote was about Ruth, and it was my sophomore year for Gateway. For those that don't know, it's just the introductory program at the J School. And uh, you get to just do stories on different kinds of people for different topics. And my first ever story was a written story about Ruth. And I was shocked that nobody had done it before because when they were naming off the topics that we could not do because they had been done way too many times before, I was like, how is Ruth not on there? So I just jumped right on it. And it was nothing like the story that we got now. I wasn't very happy with it. I was limited to, I think, 400 words or something like that. And I just didn't get to tell the story. And I also didn't really know what I was doing back then. And so I always kind of had this feeling of I wanted to revisit the story. And so when I started working for the Emerald, I kind of had a feeling that I would eventually do it again, and, and then I did it. So you reached out to Ruth initially your sophomore year, you mm-hmm. said, and now you're junior. What was it like reaching out again, again saying, hey, I want to do this story about you for the Emerald? How did she respond? She she understood. I had It was kind of a weird thing to try to explain. Like She's like, you're doing the same thing again? And I said, no, it's a little different. It's not for an assignment. It's actually going to get published. And uh, I'm a writer now, so it's a little bit different. And she was pretty open-minded about it, actually. I think she was a little bit more hesitant the first time because she didn't really understand what it was and why I was doing it. But she got a, she got comfortable with me, and she knew who I was, so I think she was okay with it. I think this question is for both of you, Sarah and Artie, but I want to hear about your time spent at Cottage Market for this story. And I wanted to know, what's it like spending a day with Ruth trying to, you know, get this story? Like, I don't know how much time you spent there, but I'm really interested in hearing about that, that, that time there. Well, it was very similar to the first time, which was an interesting experience because it's I'm doing it during the hours of her work. So I'm essentially standing right. I mean, I don't know if the people listening have been in there, but it's a very small little store. It used to be a garage, and that's it's hasn't been expanded or anything. It's still that same size, and so I'm standing next to her, and we have to get interrupted a lot. And I think I was there for an hour and a half because most of the time I'm just watching her interact with people, and I, I loved it. It, it kind of helped me get a gauge for why I was doing the story and why people care about her so much because it's those little interactions that 
you notice that really get a sense for that. Sarah, what about you? What was your experience like there it's, photographing it? It's great. You know, we went in there on, I think, a Tuesday night. Um, and there's just like, even then, there's still so many people coming in, getting stuff from her. Yeah, once again, really, really small space. So we do have to, as a photographer, you do have to be mindful of the space that you occupy. And to get a subject really comfortable, you don't want to be an invasion in your life. You kind of want to be part of the surroundings. And so I said hi, introduced myself to her. As a student, I actually never really went to Kaj Market all that much. But it's this such this cute, especially at nighttime, you have the neon signs and all the colors of the drinks and the refrigerators are lit up on the inside. You have all the colors of the chips and the bags on the wall. So as a photographer, it was it was like a playground to try to capture this this neon dreamscape-esque nightlife scene in such a small, quaint little space. What was it like photographing Ruth herself? How did she respond? Like, what did you have to do to make her feel comfortable? The vision I had in my head was a New York Times-esque style environmental portrait, kind of a wider shot of her sitting behind the counter. But as I was in there, I realized that that's not really the feeling that I was getting and I needed something a little closer and a little more intimate. And she's really cute because she's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not that photogenic. Like, why do you want to take a picture of me? Like nobody wants to see me. And in those in-between moments where she was a little more off guard, she would laugh or giggle. And that's when my shutter went off. And those are the images that really took off on this story and showed who Ruth is. How did you capture those things in your reporting? That was a challenge because I was trying to think of, like, I talked a little bit about the interactions with people that I was standing there watching. It was kind of hard to incorporate that into the story. So the the best way I figured out, I mean, I don't know if it was the best way, but I decided to just have a section where I just let students talk about what they thought of her. And I didn't say much. I think I just wrote, most of her students are, most of her customers are UO students and they adore her. And then I just had them all, like, I think that day, it must have been... I think Thanksgiving break had just started, so everybody was out of town. It was a, I thought it was a horrible day to do it, but I was just standing outside of her store waiting to talk to people, and there was not that many people. I think I included everybody that I talked to, and they still, every five minutes, somebody would come by, and they would I'd ask, her about, ask them about her, and they had so many nice things to say, even just on a slow day like that. Why did you decide to show her through then like students eyes like why what was how did that decision get made editorially well i think it was that juxtaposed with like how humble she is because she'll never say nice things about herself like she's she was very much like she's very humble and it, it's i think she almost has a hard time grasping the the sort of love that she gets she doesn't really understand why and everybody else does and i think that's kind of the charm of it and she's just doing her. And uh, to have those things kind of side by side really shows Ruth. So, Sarah, in terms of your reporting as a photographer for this story, I wanted to know, did you have to, like, read Artie's story? Like, did you read his notes? How did you guys kind of coordinate in terms of you capturing Ruth for for that story and also kind of having your photography also elevate the story not just be a photo beside a story but that I mean that photo went viral so how did you bring that all together as a photographer well in terms of the photo that went viral that photo was ultimately like 
the the reporting and the photography in huge combination if you read the caption I read Artie's notes I read his story and then I talked to him actually inside Ruth's um, he told me that I should go get some photos of the emergency packets that she has because that was a really nice sort of story within a story about how when Ruth sees students who sniffle or cough she hands them a pack of emergency on the house um, what was the 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 line that she said. Oh, so I knew I knew I was gonna. It's like I, giving a little happiness, like a little emergency. Happiness is doing a little extra, like giving a little emergency. That's it. Yeah. That's the kicker, isn't that? That's mm-hmm. the end quote. And I didn't know that I was gonna have it be the end when I told her to take that picture. But I, she was like, "What's the context?" I'm like, "I'll tell you in a minute." Just take well, so so what ended up happening is already recommended that I take photos of the emergency packets, and I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna do you one better. Let's get Ruth holding them up." as if she's handing it to the viewer of the photo in that moment on their way out of the store. And that's the photo that took off. And I think that is the photo. You can have candid portraits of her. You can have environmental portraits of her. It's that picture of her just smiling at the camera, handing you, the viewer, emergency. That is Ruth because that is the kindness and the generosity that she kind of bestows upon the UO student community. So as a photographer and a reporter working together, like there was that like symbiotic relationship almost. This quote that you that you like like almost waited to explain, you know, to Sarah. Yeah. And then Sarah picked up on that and said, wait. And so I think that's like a really interesting thing that people sometimes in terms of like journalistic, they don't understand how the things mesh together. And I think that's a great example of how multimedia and writing complement each other so well. It's such a small little detail, but I mean, obviously it went a really long way to go out of the way and take that one extra shot. And after that, she was kind of done. She was like, all right, glam sesh over, (laughs) you know, little old me. (laughs) Yeah, she kicked us out. Like... I, I got excited just seeing how excited Sarah was, and I knew that's when I knew the pictures were going to be good because she was like a kid in a candy shop. She was walking around like there's so many colors, and I honestly, it turned out different than I expected. I didn't know that. I don't even know how to describe like the tint that they had and like just the coloration. And They're really vibrant. Lots of aqua and magenta. Um, that's a personal stylistic choice, but those colors are also present in the image. I just chose to highlight those a bit more because they're, they give more feeling to it, what you experience going in there. And I think going in at nighttime versus going in during the day also help provide that feeling. I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's sort of like, I don't know, like Tokyo drift kind of. It does. I remember seeing that post on Instagram. I was away for this term and someone finally wrote about Ruth. And then I also was like, oh my God, the colors, it like looks like Las Vegas. (laughs) They're they're But they're also happy Mm -hmm. and the person in the photo is happy and it's both components are genuine and it wasn't a forced emotion or style. It was just everything that was present. I just chose to bring it out. So we've touched a little bit on this, but the story and some social media posts for it went viral. Uh, I think due to a large combination of factors, including like serious photography, Artie's reporting on something that seems so like, like you said, like out there, like like right in front of us, but no one has done it until yeah. you really did. So I wanted to hear about like how many views the social media posts got, if anyone can has any idea? I think the last time I checked, it was exactly 3,500 for the Instagram post. And um, I remember Sarah messaged me and said, I think this is the most likes 
we've ever had for an Instagram post, and that was when it was like 950, and now it's 3,500. Let me bring up the stats right now. Yeah. And those were just likes, by the way. Impressions and engagements were in the tens of thousands. Mm. You phrased that correctly. It was the photo that went viral. And like as much as as much as uh, you know, I'd love to think that all those people that saw the photo went on to read the story. I mean, anybody that did that, the amount that that story did blow up, I don't know if that would have I mean, I know it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the photo. It's like they say a picture speaks a thousand words, but it's true. Like I could write the best story ever and a good photo is just it's just way more I don't even know how to say it. It just it just connects with people more, especially when it's a photo of Ruth smiling like that with the emergency. She connects with you through the photo. Yeah. I'd also like to throw some credit though to our designers as well because it's not just a photo, it's a graphic and the graphic includes the quote about the emergency. And so all the people in the comments were like, "Wow, she's so sweet." may not have engaged with it that much if they didn't have the quote there to provide them with that wow, she's so sweet. It's that interplay between like all the things that mm -hmm. come together journalistically that make a story what it is. Takes a village. <laughs> and I will say the day that it took off, our editor-in-chief, Michael Tobin, texted me and he's like, whoa, the Ruth thing has 800 likes. I'm like, what Ruth thing? Like nobody like tagged me in this thing yet. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? So I go on and I think at that point it may have had like 1,500 and I was like, whoa. And I... I start scrolling through all my friends' stories well into the evening and the next day, and almost every single one would have the repost of that post, which blew my mind because for context, I take pictures of actual famous people for a living. I work with musicians who tour and come through town, and nothing has ever taken off so much like a photo of a little old lady who owns a convenience store and it just has to do with who that little old lady is and that's Ruth Yee uh so it was it was really fun I was on my phone all day long didn't get any work done I was just watching the numbers pour in I was like this is so cool Artie what was your emotional reaction to this story going viral well uh... I did not expect it to go that viral. I, I pitched the story thinking, like, maybe it would be the most engagements they had that month or something like that. I mean, I did it with the intention of it resonating with students, but I, it just kept growing and growing and growing, and it didn't stop for, like, a couple of days. And it was just it – was, it was pretty surreal, honestly. I was just happy that – the, the most fun part about it was – kind of walking around to campus that day and just like overhearing people talk about it around me but not knowing I did it just talking about the story itself and Ruth that was that was the best reaction I could have got yeah I think journalism for me at least is a way to start a conversation about a lot of things and so to hear people that conversation like echoing out and out and out must be so amazing mm -hmm. I wanted to hear about some responses you heard to the story and like what your favorite ones were were there any ones that had funny roof stories like what did people say to you guys I mean the comments were just hilarious some of them on the Instagram post people writing things she says somebody wrote hi hi she says hi hi every time you walk in the place it was a little weird to have a couple people come up to me and be like hey I really liked the Ruth story and I'd be like thanks who are you nice to meet you like I, how do you how do you know who I am I mean I guess they must have clicked my Twitter profile but I mean 
like I said, it was just cool to hear it be discussed, but just kind of around me, like about the topic, because it is about the topic. It has nothing to do with me. It's all about Ruth, and I was just happy to do it justice. I like this comment, says hero of the people, and then also everyone going around saying President Ruth, because I thought that was just a joke made in the moment, but apparently President Ruth is a real thing, because I went to one of my friend's houses uh, over winter break, and he had a Ruth 2020 poster done in the style of the Obama 2008 change posters, and I was like, oh my god, this is a thing that exists I had no idea that President Ruth was a real campaign, guys. I also want to kind of bring up, too, and Artie can touch way more on this than I would be able to, but, like, what drew people into this story, um, per, as someone who might is just reading it from the outside, I would definitely say is that connection to the community and how she interacts with the students and the relationships she has with them. But, I mean, what starts it all is Ruth's kind of backstory, which I, I still think is really interesting, and Artie can give more details on that if we want to talk about it. But it just shows that the people in your community come from so many vastly different places and each have so much like background to their life that you might not even know about. So to the people who read the story, I think that was also a really interesting component that this lady who sells them candy and alcohol has been all over the world. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit, Artie, about Ruth's background and how you got some of that information about her? Well, I had no idea anything about her background when I decided to do the story. I just I just had a feeling she'd have an interesting story and I wanted to know it. And the message that kind of came out of it for me is that she's basically lived a life of transition, I would say. Like nothing's ever really been fixed for for a long time at least. I think obviously now she's in a pretty good place. So when she was a kid, she grew up in South Korea during the Korean War. She said she had a pretty good, comfortable life. And then one day her family came home and her whole house was just in ashes. And she kind of she moved to Vietnam, I believe, with her husband and then moved to California. And she worked at a telephone company where she worked in the cafeteria. And she talked about the relationships she developed there. And then I believe she owned a dry cleaners in Eugene for like 15, 20 years or something like that. And then eventually she she got this store. And so she would have these long tenures at these places and she'd develop relationships and she kind of talked to me about what she learned from those interactions. And that's what she said taught her to communicate with people the way she does now. Because I think one of the people I interviewed that was outside her store said, there's no 7-Eleven that talks to its customers like that you know just just little things like are you going home for break what are you doing just just wants to know about students lives and uh, she learned that she said from all the different jobs she had and how people treated her i was gonna say it was apparent in your story that every single job she had she did her darn best at it and figured out what she could make different about it like like her learning all the recipes for that cafeteria that was a detail that really stood out to me and then obviously her emergency thing with students but there's definitely like your story has those little moments in it that those details that are so critically important in future writing and journalism that you know you just you have these small little things that ultimately end up like bringing the whole story together thank you yeah no i mean there's you got to have a balance of like because if you're the if you're the journalist, there are certain things that you need to put into words in a way that's easy for people to understand after somebody else tells it to you, obviously. But I mean, 
there's nothing that resonates with people more than that quote we talked about, like the, the you know the quote about the emergencies. You really have to pick the spots to let them speak for themselves and let their character and their personality show. What would you say to readers who read this story? Like, if there is one thing you could talk about in terms of reporting on this story, you're photographing this story. What is like the one thing you like readers to know about that process? These things don't just magically appear. They are the way they are because they exist that way. And we don't just create a picture of Ruth that we want you to see. That is who she is and that is what we captured. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. Sorry, I blanked there for a second. That was a good question. No, I mean, that was kind of the challenge for me is like, she's already such an interesting person. I just hope that I do a good job. And I think I had pressure on that story more than I have on a lot of other stories that even are about more deep kind of uh, serious topics because I just really wanted to make sure I did it justice. And uh, yeah, that that's that's pretty much it. And yeah. Um, and for a story like this, you know, you represent them well because that's, you know, that's our duty to the community as much as her duty as a person is to just be kind. Yeah. And I actually remembered what I was going to say now because okay. you said you said these things don't just come up. I think these stories also just don't come up in general. Like it's I think I mean, I don't know if I should even say this. A lot of people are age don't even read that much anyways and so you have to draw them in and these kind of stories don't just come up any day I mean we haven't had a a story like that since and they they just you have to have your ear to the ground and see them when they're there and just just capitalize on it and just publish things that people want to read and I think that was the charm of that story right place right time that was a great note to finish on. You can find Artie's story with Sarah's photos and the Emerald's video about Ruth linked in the article below this podcast. You can find Emerald podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever else you get them. Let us know what you would like to hear about and how it's reported next time by connecting with the Emerald Podcast Network on Twitter at ODE Podcast or emailing us at podcast at dailyemerald.com. I'm Sarah Rosa Davies. I'm Artie Tabrizian. I'm Sarah Takes Picks. Thanks for listening.